now she's back in the atmosphere. Alright, we gotta wait, we can't start until we get a song though. We gotta get a song. We gotta get a dank song. Welcome to week six. My fantasy football. Uh, we hope you guys had a, you know, I guess somewhat decent week five. Uh, hope we got you on the right side of 500. We're ready to enter week six of the season. There was a ton that happened last week, especially with injuries. Um, it's your boy, Ja. Hey, you know it's always do go over here. Sorry for missing last week, folks, but you know I'm back with the energy, with the advice, here for your head tops. You know how it is. Let's Holy keep it going. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's go. So I wanted to start out the pod real quick by uh, I know there's a lot of people out there that may have this guy who is probably one of the bigger surprises, at least from last week, week five, but mm-hmm. Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny, yeah. A lot of people drafted him somewhat early. Didn't necessarily get the production they were hoping from him until last week, mm-hmm. week five. And he was, uh, unfortunately, you know, this past week, he uh, broke his tibula or his fibula. And he's going to be out the rest of the season. So I just want to shout out uh, Rashad Penny, RIP. If it wasn't for you, man, I would have lost this week. You got me those five points, and that's exactly what I needed to beat that bitch-ass Edner. Holy so, shit. I just want to give a shout-out to him, and uh, if you got a drink in your hand, folks, take a drink for Rashad Penny. Thank you for your service. Yeah, if you guys had Rashad Penny in your lineups, you are probably happy with where you got him. A lot of you guys might have grabbed Rashad Penny in the draft around the 5th, 6th, or 7th round. He put up his points, man. Even in the game where he left due to injury, he gave you, you know, close to five points or close to a touchdown. We wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, Obviously, you never like seeing that happen to any player or, you know, any human being. Um, But now we have to move forward. And now we have to talk about who's going to go ahead and, uh, you know, take over his workload. Who gains value? I mean, if you saw the rest of that game, I mean, Ken Walker, hey, we talked about him in this preseason, man. He definitely looked like they didn't really skip a beat with uh, Rashad Penny out. Which, I mean, if you're a Rashad Penny supporter, sucks because he's probably not going to be on the Seahawks next year. But nonetheless, yo, if you have uh, Ken Walker, if you picked him up, what, probably in like the 10th or 11th? Something, or maybe maybe like 9th or something. Or I, I don't know exactly where you would have gotten Ken Walker in this draft. But, you know, he's going to be the workhorse going forward, and I'm excited for him. I also saw that they picked up your boy, Tony Jones. Well, how do you think he's going to execute with his opportunity there? I think this is Ken Walker's job through and through. I think that he could be close to a workhorse in this offense. When I look at Kenneth Walker, he was drafted with second-round draft capital by the Seahawks only a few months ago. A lot of people argued that he was better than Brees Hall come out of the draft in terms of just flat-out being NFL-ready. Right. Man, you look at his situation, I don't think it's too far-fetched to say that Kenneth Walker is the most valuable waiver pickup of the 2022 season. Well, dog, I mean, if he's on the waivers right now, y'all are kind of sleeping on him because, I mean... He shouldn't be on waivers, he but shouldn't be. if he is, that's someone you go spend all your fab for. 
I love him because I love this system. I love his talent. I love his opportunity. And his offense looks like it's it's swimming, man. It's going well. It's going a lot better than I think a lot of us predicted it, it would go. He has all the opportunity in the world to be RB1 this year. And if you have him, he, he's giving me major 2016 David Johnson vibes. He, he's giving me major 2016 David Johnson vibes. Yeah, man. I mean, definitely giving me some really good vibes, especially what we had just seen from him, especially after that injury. I mean, it's exciting to see what's happening with Ken Walker, especially with his opportunity this early. Obviously, like I said, unfortunate circumstances are gonna let this happen. But nonetheless, I think we're gonna get a, I think we're gonna get the see Ken Walker do exactly what we wanted him to do a little earlier than what we had thought. Mm-hmm. So if you have him in dynasty, folks, hey, he's probably. I mean, I wouldn't doubt if you had him as your starting running back. Maybe not RB one, but probably RB two. If mm-hmm. not, throw him in the flex because I mean, this guy's gonna come out and he's gonna come out and play because he's a back that. At Michigan State, that's what he was planning to do is go out and play. And, hey, if you look at what happened last week when Rashad Penny went down, he put up numbers. So, You know what? He's in a very similar predicament to another running back. Uh, you know, he's out for the season, obviously. This was something that we saw happen to Javante Williams in week four. Right. And Denver, they're having some kind of a... I don't know what they're doing at running back, but it seems like Melvin Gordon is leading the pack with Mike Boone a close second. How do you assess this running back backfield, you know, one week into not having Javante and seeing what the offense kind of has in store for these guys? It's a little weird because, I mean, when you listen to what uh, Otten, who I believe is the offensive coordinator there, Uh like what he was saying was that he wanted uh, Melvin Gordon to be the obvious lead back. And, I mean, I kind of got those vibes, but, like, it seemed like Mike Boone kind of went like and blew out juice. a little bit. He has juice. So it's just a little, it's a little interesting to see because I mean, yeah, Melvin got you like ten points this week probably. So you're you're chilling on that, but yeah, it seemed like Mike Boone was also putting up numbers. So it's a little interesting to see, you know, the I guess like the split. I guess. Do you have like the target share that Mike Boone had? So Mike Boone against the Colts on Thursday night had seven rush attempts. Yeah. For 38 yards, which is 5.43 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. And then my man caught all three of his targets for 47 yards, averaging close to 16 yards a catch. Yeah. He's versatile, man. Yeah, I he's, mean... He has all the juice in the world. He gets the ball, and he's a breath of fresh air because of his electricity. And I think that offense needs a lot more of him in there. And so my guy that I would probably invest most into is Mike Boone. I know that Melvin Gordon exists, and he's going to be the lead back, and he's going to eat up, you know, carries, targets, whatever. But if I can get my hands on some Mike Boone shares, I think I'm going to be happier um, a few weeks out from now because one more fumble from Melvin, and we don't know what happens. Yeah, man, you're not wrong with that. I mean, I like I like Melvin. I mean, he went to Wisconsin, so I'll always be a Melvin stand. Like, he, I'll always have his back. So I think he's going to be the lead back going forward. I mean, he had like 15 carries or so. So, you know, it's not necessarily like the worst situation. So I don't know. Like, I just think that if we want to talk about these running backs, I think Melvin Gordon's still going to be the the running back one going forward in that in that stable. And then I think Mike Boone's is going to be kind of an accent, kind of like what you saw A.J. Dillon do kind of like a year before. I like the word accent, yeah. 
I think the reason I like the word accent is because Mike Boone is probably going to be the pass catching back in this backfield. And so he has that standalone value in that he he's going to be on the field for third downs and whenever they're down in games and whenever they're trailing. So I like Mike Boone a lot. Um, I know you had a couple guys that you wanted to. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, I just have the little dilemma going on, at least in one of my leagues. So mm-hmm. right now it's like one of those uh, leagues where it's like 10 people. They don't necessarily pay attention, attention to fantasy. So, I mean... You can never really know exactly, like, if they know about injuries until, you know, like, Friday when they start looking at their lineup. So, if you're early to the waiver wire party, right now, obviously, with the loss of Rashad Penny, I, so this is going back to our previous conversation, but, yep. like, if I want Rashad Penny and if mm-hmm. I have, let's say, J.K. Dobbins, Ezekiel Elliott, okay. A.J. Dillon, and Melvin Gordon as my other running backs. So you have Rashad Penny and you also have those guys? No, I don't have, I do not have Rashad Penny in this league, but when, once he went down, okay. obviously I want to take advantage of getting him, you know? You want to take advantage of getting Rashad Penny? I want to take advantage of getting Ken Walker, yeah, you oh. half a meatball because he's on waivers like you had, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, like yeah. you had projected. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Kenneth Walker is super interesting because he's in an offense that wants to run the ball. They obviously have invested into running the ball, but I mean, man, when you look at Geno Smith this year, dude's been going crazy. Like, he's been feeding DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett at the same time. Will Disley's out there catching touchdowns every other game. Okay, so let me rephrase the question. So, I guess, like, between, like, those four people, like, would you consider dropping any of them for Kenneth Walker, or would you just let him sit on waivers? Who are the four again? Like I said, so, again, these are Melvin Gordon, A.J. Dillon, J.K. Dobbins, and Ezekiel Elliott. I would consider dropping A.J. Dillon and Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. I think in name value, they probably kind of have a little bit more value. But when you look at J.K. Dobbins on a run-heavy offense that's pretty efficient, that gets near the goal line, that he is, you know, the top-tier running and passing, pass-catching guy, his upside is just too crazy. No doubt. With Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, he is what he is, bro. Like, he's going to get you maybe 15 a week on a good week. Like Right. He's not going to get you those 40-point games you need to, like, win one game. He's not going to get you 30-point games. Right. And then you'd look at A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon's another guy that you're banking on Aaron Jones getting hurt for him to have maximum value. Uh, Aaron Jones is the best player on offense. In any game that matters, he's going to be the guy on the field. And A.J. Dillon's good for maybe, you know, 60, 70 rushing yards, maybe two to three catches for like 30-ish yards. But at that point, you're really banking on him getting those additional touchdowns to make him worth starting. If A.J. or I'm sorry, if Aaron Jones got hurt, A.J. Dillon, to me, top 10 running back. But until something like that were to occur, A.J. Dillon, for me, is a mid-middle-end RB2. Um, But he really needs those touchdowns to be relevant for you guys week to week. So I would drop A.J. Dillon and Ezekiel Elliott if I had them on my team and I needed to create roster space for Kenneth Walker. Sounds good, man. Well, I appreciate you walking me through that. I think as of right now, I mean, if I were to play my cards right, I mean, look at the league that I'm at, that I'm in, especially in Wisconsin. I think I'm probably going to have to go with Ezekiel just because I feel like I have a little bit more trade uh, potential with A.J. Dillon just down the line. Okay, because he's in a Wisco league and it's A.J. Dillon. Exactly, I yeah. So that. I feel yeah. like that's probably where I'm going to go. But I just want to get my hands on Kenneth Walker because I know how dynamic he can be. No doubt. I mean, no we even see it. The, we all, 
even saw it in week uh, what week five. You know, yeah, like, last week was week five. So like we saw it last week. So I mean, I just I like where he's at right now. Or I guess it was yeah. Or uh, week four. I apologize against the. Mm-hmm. Yo, you wanna know something crazy? What's up? Josh Jacobs is the RB four in the year. Yo, that's wild. I think we kind of all counted him out this year for real. Everybody hated. It. They said Zamir White was coming. Who the fuck is that guy? Who the fuck is that? Well, I don't know if everyone said that he was going to be coming for a starting job, but I feel like everyone kind of just assumed it was going to be more of a committee. In the last couple of weeks, they definitely went to just a stable horse back. It, he's the best. He's one of the better players on offense, and he's really getting his time to shine. I'm really happy for the guy, man. Like, I think Josh McDaniels at this point one and four throughout the season. You gotta start using your best players, and you can't be doing no bullshit. Right. You gotta get the ball to Josh Jacobs and live and die by the results. Because it obviously worked against the Chiefs, so imagine what it would do against the Broncos or any of the other guys out in the AFC. Mm-hmm. So, I, it, it's just wild because I did not really see this coming from Josh Jacobs at all. So, like, to me, it's kind of a slap in the face. And, I mean, another slap in the face that I think everyone has to realize as well at this point. I think we've kind of projected it already. Saquon Barkley's fucking back. Saquon! Surprise, motherfucker. Yo, Saquon, Saquon, Saquon is back. Yo. Bro's going insane. He has 100 points in five weeks already. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Like, I didn't think that this was going to be happening, folks. But, I mean, he's he's doing the job. I knew he was going to have a resurgence with Dabo or Dayball as his coach. But, I mean, I didn't think it was going to be this. And congratulations to him, man. You know, a lot of it is the fact that the offense trusts him with the ball in his hand. Like, he actually gets opportunity to go out and, you know, change the game and valuable, you know, game opportunities. Like, this isn't Daniel Jones's offense. This is Saquon Barkley's offense. And everything is built around Saquon. And he gets maximum opportunity. Bro, if he stays healthy, I, the thing with Saquon was never his talent. It was only his health. And that Grant, and the way that the coordinators were utilizing him, too. Don't forget that. Terribly. But, like, how much, like, bro, like, what does it take for people to realize when you use your best players, you get good results, right? Yeah, you don't spend $40 million on wide receivers that are going to tank you. Dude, it's like. Like, imagine what that team would be like without Galladay right now. Like, they would have money to spend so many other places. Imagine if they use the money to go get somebody like uh, Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see a trade, or I could have seen, like, a trade like that happening, and I mean. Who's to say that that doesn't possibly happen next year, especially with the way that they're trying to utilize Adams? Mm-hmm. It seems like a lot more, and, you know, like I feel like it's just creating a lot of confusion out there. So, I mean, if they went out and they traded Hunter Renfro, uh, got a, rid of some of that cap that the Raiders assigned him to, not a terrible idea. And especially, you know, if they were to get rid of uh, Kenny Galladay, the Giants that being, uh, you know, obviously they would have the cap for it. But, I mean... When you have Kenny Galladay taking up like forty million dollars this year, somehow, some way, it's just really interesting. And so we'll have to see where that goes because I mean, the Giants could be deadly, but I mean, money's the name of the game when it comes to the NFL. Uh, I mean, and it just seems like they're probably gonna be like a man or two short this year, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Another guy I wanted to talk about was someone who was kind of controversial over the summer. He had fantasy football Twitter kind of going crazy. 
He still does, actually. He had an amazing week in week five. He went for over two touchdowns, over 150 yards. Yo, Gabe Davis had an insane week last week. Yeah, so I'm definitely a Gabe, a Gabe Davis stan. I've, I've been trying to project this since last year, damn near. The guy is going crazy. We saw it in the playoffs. He started getting comfortable with Josh Allen. I mean, when it comes to big moments, the guy is going to look for who he's comfortable with, and that's Stephon Diggs, and that's Gabe Davis. And I can't even think we can throw Dawson Knox in that because, I mean, he just hasn't been that option this year. And Gabe Davis is basically taking over that role of what we saw with Dawson Knox last year. I mean, when Dawson Knox caught balls, it was touchdowns. When we see Gabe Davis this year, we're seeing the same thing, except they're just longer touchdowns. The guy is an absolute beast, and if you drafted him this year, you drafted him early, and you're getting rewarded. And you're probably going to get a couple more games like this. But if I have to go against this motherfucker twice up in two of my three leagues again, I'm probably going to lose my mind. Dougal played Gabe Davis in two of his three leagues. I beat one of those motherfuckers, though. Got one, yeah, he got one. Yo, Gabe Davis is a super interesting prospect because he only has 11 catches on the year. We're five weeks in, bro. That's less than two and a half catches a game. Yeah, but he missed last week, I'm pretty sure. He so, did I miss mean, a week, that's fair. That's so, fair. I mean, durability might be one thing, but nonetheless. He missed week two. When he's out there, dog, he, he's productive. Yeah, so when you look at the four games that he's been active, I mean, he, he has 11 catches. He has an insane yards per catch. He has a 28-yard yards per catch. When he touches the ball, he gets it for 28 yards. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at the split between his catches and touchdowns, I'm pretty sure half of them are touchdowns. It's insane, bro. And, like, some of it feels unsustainable, but some of it feels like a byproduct bro, of being a part of the one of the best offenses in the NFL. And I really think that's what it is because when you look at it, man. Can you like, rely on that? I, I think you can. If you are an owner, that's always someone you can throw in your flex because it's going to be boomer bust anyways. I mean, you see what this guy can give you. When you look, and again, and I keep referring back in the playoffs where this guy absolutely blew up. When you're looking for your primetime players, when they're in the right positions, this is going to be your guy. I mean, it's just one of those things. Like, he's a stalemate to uh, Stefan Diggs because he can do so many different things. Who is a comparable to Gabe Davis and fantasy football It's as a receiver? Who's a comparable player? Mike it, Williams? Well, it's interesting because, like, when you're talking about, like, the volume of touches that he gets compared to the amount of touchdowns he gets, like, I don't want this to be no, like, cap in the wrap or anything. <laughs> okay, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Taysom Hill kind of comes to mind. Bro, what? It seems like whenever Taysom Hill starts touching the ball a little bit more... <laughs> He starts getting more touchdowns, and I mean, like, it's a Bro. weird, it's a weird analysis, but like, it's just one of those things. Like, truly, like, do I think like that's a very comparable person? No, but like, if we're just talking about stats so far this year, it's kind of weird how comparable they are. You just compare Taysom Hill to Gabe Davis. I mean, as far as like their productivity in fantasy football, yes, like it's kind of getting to that point. But nonetheless, what I will say, like, as far as, like, someone who I think is going to be, like, truly comparable to uh, Gabe Davis, I mean, if he gets, like, one or two more weeks, I would probably say, like, uh, Garrett Wilson, damn near. 
I mean, like, if he could just be, like, a little bit more productive, I mean, it seems like whenever he starts getting the ball a little bit more, like, he gets more touchdowns. Like, we saw that magical game against the Browns when he was finally utilized. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, like, if that's too far of a stretch, just because, like, he did get some more volume as well. Mm-hmm. But, shoot, yeah. it, it's, 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 it makes sense because he's playing second fiddle damn near to, uh, uh, Elijah Mitchell in that system. So, mm-hmm. you know, Gabe Davis playing second fiddle to Stephon Diggs and eating off of those uh, defensive mistakes. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. I guess to a lower uh, tier, you could compare him maybe to like a... Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill, damn near. Or like a Alan Lazard even. I mean, they don't no, get a ton of volume. No, because they don't, have, they don't have a second fiddle. Like, that, that's the thing. Like, with Gabe Davis... Like, he's not the primary target. Like, he's getting very minimal targets, but he's getting large results. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, that's what you try to look for if you're trying to look for someone comparable. And damn near, like, that would be, I mean, some weeks. Like a Devontae Smith. Yeah, yeah, it could be very comparable to that. I think Devontae Smith is a good comparison for him. Man, regardless, he's somebody that you got to... If there's any person in fantasy football this year to keep you guys awake at night and to keep you stressed and keep you pulling your hair out, it's probably going to be Gabe Davis. Yeah, especially when he gets one touchdown early and it's 98 yards. You're probably like, oh, he's probably not going to see much else. And then he gets another, like, 58 yards. When he goes off, he's going to go off. And he's going to win you that week. The weeks where he has a great week are the weeks you win in fantasy football. Unless your name's Edner, little bitch. (laughs) So now you got to go ahead and try to predict how many big weeks he's going to have for you moving forward. Over, under, four. In terms of games in which I think he has, like, you know, crazy results, plus 25 points. I won't cap, dude. I think he has at least eight or nine more games of where he has touchdowns. Okay. I think that's a fair that's a fair deal. Yeah, I'd probably say probably closer to eight just because we are going into week sixteen. Mm-hmm. So probably around like eight games. I, I wouldn't doubt if he gets a touchdown damn near in like the next games that he plays. Hey Odugo, uh crazy week, but who are you looking at on waivers this week? Bro, week it's six? it's interesting. Like right now, like I feel like if you're looking for viable targets, Gian Jackson, I think is his name. Deion Jackson, running back for the Colts. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at some possibilities, I mean, like, it's kind of dead out there for running backs. But the Colts are going through some injuries right now, so if you just need someone that you could possibly throw in a flex and hope to God that you get something, that could be your guy. But nonetheless, just having him on your team just so the other team doesn't have him, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the biggest name of the game, especially with the Fab Leagues. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, right now, like, if you haven't spent much Fab at all, Mm-hmm. This is probably one of your weeks where you can go out and at least like just steal someone from someone out there. Bro, there's so many good waivers on the waiver wire this week. Who, that who are... do you have? Because like I feel like all I have is just like Deion Jackson. Let's let's talk about running backs. Let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals. We know that James Conner is someone who has a history of being injury prone. We know that James Conner is someone who might have suffered an injury last week. Yo, you know Benjamin is someone who is available on a decent amount of waiver wires still. Uh, he should be on a team. But even outside of that, if you want to go deep and stash Keontae Ingram and go stash Daryl Williams, if you have the room to do something like that, I mean, man, if Daryl Williams seems like he's the obvious backup, he got nicked up in the last game and he couldn't come back. 
that if he ends up taking over that role, he has value. If Keontae Ingram, who is probably one of the last resorts, but the Cardinals saw three running back injuries last week, if Keontae Ingram, who they just drafted, who looks like a physical freak, can come in and start showing what he can do, he has value. You could take a run at either of those guys, keep them on your bench for two weeks, and one of them could pay off to be a nice little flex play for you moving forward. Yeah, I mean, that definitely makes sense. I mean, there's also Caleb Huntley, who, I mean, could be a sleeper on the Falcons there. I think another person who could possibly have some upside, he's only owned in 2.6% of leagues on sleeper, but Justice Hill, I mean, if you look at what... uh, Jim Harbaugh was saying about him, or John Harbaugh, I'm not sure which one it is, Mm -hmm. but he was saying that he was running with some grit the last time that he was out there, so it's kind of promising to think that, you know, whenever, um, whenever J.K. Dobbins needs a break, you know, it wouldn't be surprising to see Justice Hill out there a little bit more. For sure. uh, Let me ask you one question, John, just before we get off these running backs that might be in the waivers. Right. Do you still have faith in Jordan Mason at all? Um, it seems like a long shot. It doesn't seem like he's getting the playing time, but they did, however, just let go of Marlon Mack. I think it was today. We're recording this on a Tuesday. So you think that project's over and he might have some upside? Mm, If I'm in a dynasty, I'm holding on to Jordan Mason. I think he has value, but Kyle Shanahan's trying to win now. He doesn't have time to fuck around with the undrafted, you know, rookie running back. He's there for death. They just liked him more than they liked the other guy, Trey Sermon. And um, I don't know if he'll ever get his chance to shine, but uh, he's obviously got some work to do. I'm not holding him in redraft, but if I'm in Dynasty, he can stay on my squad. I'll take it. That's fair, man. And I guess I'm not sure how much longer you want to keep going, but one last guy that I really want to talk about, just to see if you think that he's going to be as consistent as I think he's going to be going forward. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about this guy before in the past, Hayden Hurst. I mean, he put up a monster game again against the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. The week before, he put up a really big game against the Dolphins. So, back-to-back double-digit games. He's starting to grow trust. I mean, that's exactly what Joe Burrow needs, especially when the pocket's collapsing the way it is. I mean, do you think that they're going to keep going to him? Especially when he has the Falcons coming up in a couple weeks. You have the Browns coming up in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. The Panthers, like, these are defenses that are not necessarily great against tight ends. Mm-hmm. So do you think that he's going to be a play going forward? Uh, I like him. I like him. He's a part of a good offense. He's a part of an offense that's going to be somewhat aggressive, of an offense that has a quarterback who's going to make most of the right throws. And I think he gets his opportunity. And, um, you know, no one's going to really pay attention to him because they have Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins in the offense. So he's going to get a lot of easy catches and a lot of easy touchdowns throughout the year. I got him as a top 15 tight end. That's fair. I mean, right now he's number 11, so, I mean, he's definitely startable. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you don't have him, you can go out and get him and probably get him for a decent value. Mm -hmm. I like him. Uh, Last question I want to ask you. Um, I want to get to starts of week six. So my start of the week, as much as it's going to hurt me, I think Michael Carter against the Green Bay Packers is going to go for at least a touchdown and then obviously yards as well. But, I mean, if you looked at 
what the Jets utilized as far as like their running scheme this past week. It seemed like it was very effective. The Packers haven't been great against the run this year. You could probably see what Saquon Barkley did to us last week. So if I think the trend continues, especially with this upgraded offensive line, like we we haven't brought up Dwayne Brown being back in that offensive line, bro. Like he's a beast. Mm-hmm. So I think that if we're talking about someone who could be a possible sleeper that you might want to throw into a flex spot or something, yep. James or Michael Carter from the Jets is probably going to be my guy. I mean, he's projected 7.4 right now, but I think that this guy could definitely, like I said, he's probably going to get a touchdown and then yards and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. What about you, Joe? Who do you think is going to be one of those sleepers this week that could possibly pop off? Uh, give me Jeff Wilson against the Falcons. Give me Jeff Wilson, Kyle Shanahan revenge game against the Atlanta Falcons. I think the Niners get up. Uh, I think it's a little bit closer. Actually, I think it's close to a tight game within three points by halftime. I think the Niners kind of, you know, turn that thing inside out second half. Jeff Wilson gets a bunch of fourth quarter run. My man's been hot the whole year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't expect to see Elijah Mitchell. Jeff Wilson had 120 yards against the Panthers. I think he can go for, you know, 85 to 100 against the Falcons. No doubt, man. And if you guys want one last take on a player that could possibly help you win your week, mm-hmm. I think Isaiah McKenzie this week against the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to be a primetime game at uh, 325. Bonus content. Chiefs, not necessarily greatest, uh, not necessarily greatest defense out there. And if Isaiah McKenzie's playing, he had a concussion a couple weeks back. I think he should be back this week. Yo, I'm just saying they. I don't want this to sound sus, but I think they're going to be taking advantage of a young secondary out there. So I think that Isaiah McKenzie, you could be looking for a touchdown and some yardage, kind of like what I'm thinking about with Michael Carter. Hey, fair enough. I'll fuck with that. Uh, We appreciate you guys for tapping in with us for another week. We're on a week six. My name is Ja. Hey, it's Dugo over here. Appreciate y'all tapping in with your head taps. Hope you guys bring it back again next week. We'll talk to y'all next Thursday. And uh, until then, happy hunting. And uh, good luck this week. Go Pack Go.